This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 97. I'm Jim Garrity. Today's topic, using designated representative depositions when you can't depose an apex witness. Hey, everybody. I hope you're having a great week as always. I had a conversation a few weeks ago with a lawyer who said she was doing battle in a lawsuit with a company whose lawyer would not consent to the deposition of the company CEO. So the lawyer says, I suspect that the judge is probably going to agree with the company's lawyer and block the deposition of the CEO. And she wanted to know, what should I do here? So the basis for the company lawyer's opposition was the apex doctrine. As you've heard me talk about in some of these episodes, the notion of the apex doctrine is that high level government and corporate officials should not be routinely forced to sit for depositions to answer questions that any number of lower level officials or employees could answer. Why distract the highest level official in an organization under those circumstances? Uh, The doctrine holds. And many courts agree in many circumstances. It just depends. Unfortunately, uh, some courts are a bit too quick to protect high level officials from depositions. They may say you cannot depose the apex official period, which can be very frustrating. Or they may say, judges will frequently say, you've got to conduct a round or two or five of depositions of other witnesses and then perhaps come back to the court in order to make a showing that the high level official, that apex official, really does need to be deposed. Well, in my view, the flat refusal to allow the deposition of an apex official can be very frustrating to say the least. And so is that solution if you want to call it that, of having you conduct numerous depositions only to find after taking an inordinate number of uh, individual depositions, we call them percipient witnesses, witnesses who have firsthand individual knowledge of the facts, uh, to take that route only to find that things are exactly the way you believe them from the get-go and that you still need to depose the CEO, the CIO, CFO, or whoever the high-level official is. So that supposed alternative can be a colossal waste of time and resources. And in a situation like that, the designated representative deposition, which is probably the most generic term for what we often call a 30B6 depot, corporate representative depot, is an excellent tool. So in her situation, I recommended that she immediately and initially schedule a designated representative deposition and simply list all of the topics that the apex official and others would have been asked anyway. Now that's not necessarily a perfect solution, but in many situations, if the adversary properly prepares the witness, if they honor their obligations to prep the 30B6 properly, that should be pretty close to what you need. I should also mention that normally, I would recommend pressing the issue with the judge first. If you're on solid ground, that approach makes sense. But in her situation, because she was unsure how the judge would rule, I suggested instead that she immediately schedule the designated representative deposition. And of course, in doing so, uh, she had considerable leeway in choosing the topics to be covered. Now, as a footnote, uh, as you probably know, because the federal rules were amended a few years back, if you're in federal court, you now have to confer about your designated representative topics with the lawyer for the entity whose representative you want to depose, but that's really not a big deal. 
as another footnote, most state courts have not caught up with that change in the federal rules. So in most state systems, uh, you generally don't have to confer with the adversary about your topics. Either way, you still have tremendous leeway in determining the topics to be covered. And those topics in her situation certainly should be drafted to cover everything that the apex witness would have been asked. The consequence of a well-drafted topic list in a situation like this is that it may become apparent immediately without conducting other depositions that the apex witness must be deposed. So when an apex witness is off limits to you initially, you may be able to avoid floundering around with a dozen or more other witnesses by going right to a designated representative deposition and pressing the entity to show its hand as to the role of the high-level official. Now, there will be situations where it may make sense to depose individual witnesses first. So I'm not suggesting that there's a hard and fast rule that will apply in every case. But in my view, the idea that one should go off and take numerous individual depositions just to prove to a court that you need that top official's deposition is rarely a good use of time and money. And thus my recommendation to her, the designated representative deposition is the perfect antidote in many situations when a court or opposing counsel or both are blocking your access to a critical high-level official. And frankly, this same concept works in situations where, for example, in arbitration, you are limited in the number of depositions you can take because a sharp limit on the number of depositions functionally means that there are going to be some witnesses you are just not going to be able to depose. As you may know, in the arbitration context, discovery is sharply restricted in most situations. The rationale being that arbitration is intended to be a faster and less expensive alternative to litigation. And to keep it that way, the thinking goes, the parties should not be allowed to conduct freewheeling discovery to the same extent uh, that they could if the case were in the court system. Now, some arbitration agreements spell out exactly uh, how much discovery you get and what kinds of discovery. Others don't. And when they don't, then the arbitrator generally gets to decide what discovery you can conduct and how many depositions you can take. And that can be as few as a single deposition. So the designated representative deposition is the perfect tool in that setting as well. It is literally the Swiss army knife of depositions. I had a lawyer tell me recently that he was in the very early stages of an arbitration and was negotiating the number of depositions with the opposing lawyer. Uh, the lawyer that I spoke with wanted five depositions. His opponent said no, three. So I suggested this. I said, well, start with a designated representative deposition which itself can be the equivalent of five or 10 depositions in one, depending on the scope and the topic. So begin with that. So the lawyer goes back to his adversary, says, look, we'll agree to the three, but the first deposition is going to be a designated representative deposition to which the opposing lawyer responded, we'll agree to the five, as long as uh, none of them are a corporate representative or designated representative deposition. And they had to work it out from there. Long story short, uh, the designated representative deposition is a fantastic tool, as you've heard me say many times, effective in all kinds of settings, but especially when the number of depositions is sharply limited 
or when a court has denied you access to one or more witnesses on grounds such as the Apex Doctrine. All right, that's it for today. As always, thank you genuinely from me and our staff for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon.